0: Tonight is study number two of Revelation chapter 16. We're going to be reading the first two verses. And I heard a great voice out of the temple saying to the seven angels, Go your ways and pour out the vials of the wrath of God upon the earth. And the first went and poured out his vial upon the earth. And there fell a noisome and grievous sore upon the men which had the mark of the beast and upon them which worshipped. His image. I'll stop reading there. Now, uh, once again, this is the time of God's wrath. It is the time in which he has given seven vials full of the seven last plagues. And uh, way back in verse 1 of Revelation 15, it said, In them is filled up the wrath of God, or completed the wrath of God. And now these vials are given to the messengers. Seven messengers points to the perfection and perfection has to do with fullness and completeness. The messengers are the messengers of God. It is the angels or messengers that are the reapers that, and we saw they were the true believers. The seven messengers of God are clothed in pure and white linen which we saw um, is said to be the righteousness of the saints in Revelation 19, verse 8. And they are now sent. They are uh, commanded, go your ways and pour out the vials of the wrath of God upon the earth. And that means that when we go out to hand out tracts, when, um, uh, as The team, uh, eBible Fellowship team, just went to Quito, Ecuador, and distributed several thousand tracts, that they were doing exactly what God would have his people to do in the day of judgment. Each tract that they were distributing was a fulfillment of verses like this, that Uh, Again, as God says, Go your ways and pour out the vials of the wrath of God upon the earth. And the the vials have to do with the word of God, the pouring out of the Holy Spirit in um, the time of the first fruit, or the pouring out of the Holy Spirit at the time of the latter rain, involved the sharing of the word of god then the holy spirit was poured out and likewise now that the word of god the bible is all wrath all judgment all condemnation because it's the day of punishment of the sinner well then, when we share what the Bible says, we're pouring out wrath that is coming forth not from the individual believer. We're we're not um, to have anger in our hearts. We're not to be wrathful towards anyone. Uh, we're we're not to point the finger and judge anyone. No, the the commandments of God, which direct. The course of our lives and, and how we relate to other people remain in effect. Love your neighbor. Love your enemies. We're, we're to love all people. We're to be kind and gentle and the servant of the Lord must not strive, that is fight. We're not to argue. We, we don't point the finger at anyone and, and say you're under the wrath of God and and you're being punished. That is not our role at all. We simply share what the Bible says. We let the Bible do the judging. We let Christ, who is the Word, do the judging. We're messengers. We're um, we're we're just simply carriers of the vials of this message of God's wrath to people. And so we very friendly, very gently share information with the individual walking down the street who's coming towards us. What's what's in our mind as that person walks towards us? Is it, let me hand this person a track that says, no more salvation, so um, they can experience... God's wrath upon them and and they can be judged by the word of God. No, that's not our mindset at all. The mindset is, maybe this person walking towards me is one of that great multitude that God saved out of the great tribulation period. And could it be that perhaps the Lord had mercy on this person and and uh I'm commanded to feed sheep. So let me share this information with this person and with the hope that maybe this is one of God's elect. And the person takes it and we have no way of knowing, just like we couldn't know before. When uh, it was the time of salvation, before May 21, 2011, the door was open and somebody walks towards us. Well, the... If you look at the uh, odds, the numbers, the overwhelming majority of people would remain unsaved. God, although saving a great multitude, uh, out of the whole of mankind, still it was but a remnant. And yet we're not thinking, well, this person coming towards me is uh likely one of those that the Bible will condemn, since it's a two-edged sword. So Let me hand this to this individual, even though there's very little hope. No, our our mindset then was, oh, I hope that perhaps God will save this person. So let me give this person this track, and maybe this can be instrumental. Maybe God can use his word that's in this track to spark a new heart to create a new soul within that person and that we share it. And, and we didn't know if they were elect or non-elect. We left that with God. It's exactly the same thing today. We have truth from the Bible in, um, literature in a track form and here comes a person. How do I know what this person is it um, or who this person is or what their their spiritual condition is i have no way of knowing now as before and so i can hope oh lord perhaps this person is one that you have saved that's the only difference that that um, in our thinking not that you will save them now with this word but perhaps you did already save them so uh, i look forward uh with the hope and expectation that maybe this person did become saved and and now this track will serve to spiritually nourish this individual that that's the idea that's why the true believers are sharing this information but at the same time At the same time, and only God could have designed this kind of thing, that he could have designed a sharing of truth program, as we find today in uh, prophesying once again to the nations of the world, the things that we've learned from the Bible in the day of judgment, and designed it so the messengers, the true believers, could carry forth the word of God without breaking God's commandments in other areas of judging men. And, and so, God had this simultaneous command, feed my sheep, publish these things of Babylon's fall, pour out the vials of the wrath of God, go forth as reapers. And this dual command of God to feed the elect on one hand and publish information that condemns unsaved man on the other hand, has allowed for the true believer to continue on with an attitude of love towards his fellow person, and we can share with kindness and hope. From our perspective, since we don't know who God saved or did not save, that perhaps this is one of that great multitude, and and we do not enter into wrathful, vengeful thinking at all in any way. We're we're not um, permitted to do something like that. There is one lawgiver. The Bible says. And one judge and, and uh that is not us, that is only eternal God. All right, let's go back to Revelation sixteen and verse two says, And the first went and poured out his vial upon the earth. And that's the second time it was said back in verse one at the end of the verse, go your ways, and pour out the vials of the wrath of God upon the earth. So in these two verses, God is stating and then repeating it that the target or the objective for uh, his wrath is the earth. It is the pouring out of the wrath of God upon the earth. And the Greek word translated as earth is gay which is also translated at times as land or country or ground, and most often as earth. And, it, well, how do we know? What if it said, uh, pour out the vials of the wrath of God upon the ground or upon the land? Couldn't that refer to the church? Um, it, it, is it possible that it's referring to a particular land and, and not the whole earth? And the answer is no, because the context normally determines whether it should be translated as la- land or ground or earth. What I mean is, oftentimes when gay, the the Greek word translated as earth here, or translated as land, um, it it would be in the form of, the context would be, the land of Judah, or the land of Sodom, or the land of Egypt. So the translator knew that this word is, is being used and, uh, along with Judah or Sodom or Egypt or some other place. And so it couldn't be the earth of Judah. And, and, and so they narrowed the focus of the word, because it's conditioned by this other information. But in uh, as is often the case, when there is no other information, such as the naming of a country or a city, then it's translated earth, and it's correctly translated as earth. And it is revealing to us that the seven vials, all seven of them, full of the last plagues, are targeting the earth, or the whole world, and not just the church. Even though the church is included within the world, uh, they're part of Satan's kingdom of Babylon, and they also are experiencing the wrath of God in the day of judgment. But the target is not limited to them. It is all of the unsaved people in all the world. It's the whole earth that is under judgment in the day of judgment. And this becomes important because in Revelation 16.1, I heard a great voice out of the temple saying to the seven angels or messengers... Go your ways and pour out the vials of the wrath of God upon the earth. So all seven messengers, each one carrying a vial, and and therefore all seven vials are to be poured out upon the target of the earth. And that, as I mentioned, will be helpful a little later on when we get to the um, seventh vial and and maybe even one of the other vials, where some of the language might uh, make us think, well, this is uh, perhaps judgment on the church. But no, God is very clear here that it is a judgment on all the earth. Well, uh, in verse two again, and the first went and poured out his vial upon the earth, and there fell, a noisome and grievous sore upon the men which had the mark of the beast and upon them which worshipped his image. There fell a noisome and grievous sore. Now, the, the word for sore, why don't we start with that and, and then we'll look at um, noisome and grievous, those words. But the word for sore is Strong's number 1668. And it's only found three times in the New Testament. It's found here in verse 2, and also in verse 11 of Revelation 16. I'll read verses 10 and 11. And the fifth angel poured out his vial upon the seed of the beast, and his kingdom was full of darkness, and they gnawed their tongues for pain, and blasphemed the God of heaven because of their pains and their sores, and repented not of their deeds. So twice in this same chapter. And the only other time that 1668, uh, this Greek word translated as sore, is found, is in the Gospel of Luke. In Luke 16, in the parable of Lazarus and the rich man, it says... In verse 21 and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table moreover the dogs came and licked his sores that's referring to Lazarus who um, had the sores upon him and that's the same Greek word now there is a related word that is found one time And that's in the previous verse of Luke 16, in verse 20. And this is um, 1669. It's very closely related in spelling to 1668. And it says in Luke 16, verse 20, And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at his gate full of sores. And then the dogs came and licked his sores. So those two words are closely related And we have these references and then we have the two references in Revelation 16. And we wonder, well, what is the connection? What, what is the tie-in between the pouring out of the vials upon the people who worship the beast and his image in the day of judgment with Lazarus, who's a picture of the true believers? Lazarus is, is a beggar, a poor man. He had nothing of this world. And he was laid at the gate of the rich man. The rich man had everything. And, and Lazarus desired uh, to be fed with some of the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. But Lazarus was at the gate of the rich man. And he never enjoyed the, the uh, privilege or the pleasure uh, that the rich man enjoyed while he lived, Lazarus had affliction, and Lazarus had uh, torment. And and the word noisome in Revelation sixteen is uh, a word. I'll give the Strong's number again for that word. It's twenty five fifty six, and noisome is normally translated as evil. For instance, uh, I'll just go to one verse in Romans 9, and verse 11, it says, For the children, being not yet born, neither having done any good or evil. And and that's a fairly common translation. The word evil, for this Greek word that's translated as noisome. And and that would mean that really it's saying that um, the first went and poured out his vial upon the earth. And there fell an evil and grievous sore upon the men which had the mark of the beast and upon them which worshipped his image. Now what's, what's interesting is that this uh, Greek word um, translated as noisome is also found in Luke 16. In verse 25, but uh, since this is um, bringing us back to the same passage, I want to read the context so we, we understand what's going on here. From verse 19 of Luke 16, There was a certain rich man, which was clothed in purple and fine linen, and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at his gate full of sores and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died, and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, Have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things and likewise Lazarus evil things and that word evil is the word translated as noisome. But now he is comforted and thou art tormented. And, and, and so when we wonder what is the connection, Lazarus, who typifies the true believers, is laid at the gate of the rich man and uh, who is enjoying the riches of this life. And Lazarus was not enjoying the riches of this earthly life at all. He was without. He was at the gate, not entering in, it, it, and it's really a picture of the true believers that are outcasts of the world. Uh, we uh, were, of course, a part of the world. We're, we're people like other people. We walk around. We have jobs. We have families. Yes, we're we a part of the world that way, but in a very uh, real, significant way, the world wants nothing to do with us. And were like an outcast, they separate the child of God from their company often and and so here is Lazarus, who in his lifetime is experiencing evil things, these noisome things of being a castaway, a, a, someone outside of the company of of mankind that. The the ones despised and rejected of men because the word that uh, Lazarus identifies, the Lord Jesus Christ, is despised and rejected of men. So Lazarus himself uh, begins to experience the very same thing for the word's sake. And okay, but how does that relate to the pouring out of the seven vials? Well, uh, the rich man here, Is, remember, this is Abraham's response. Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted. That is those evil things Lazarus experienced. They're, they're not happening anymore. He's in Abraham's bosom, which indicates salvation. He is In the kingdom of heaven, the all-important thing, he is with God, and then the contrast is made. He is comforted, and thou art tormented. You are not in the kingdom of heaven. As Lazarus was at your gate, you are now at the gate of heaven, outside the door, and the door is shut. And you are not permitted in. You are the outcast. You are the one God has finalized the separation from. And you are now spiritually experiencing the sores. You are the object of an angry God. That, I think that's how this is related here. Uh, as it says, there fell a noisome or evil and grievous sore upon the men which had the mark of the beast. Now grievous likewise is translated as evil or bad or wicked. And that's strong. It's a different Greek word. It's strong's number 4190, but it's just adding to the awfulness of the spiritual condition of these men, these men which had the mark of the beast, and these men which worshipped his image. And who would that be? Well, um, if we go back to Revelation 13, when uh, the beast came up out of the sea, we read there in verse 4, And they worshipped the dragon, which gave power unto the beast, and they worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him? And then in verse uh, 7 and 8, And it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And power was given him over all kindreds and tongues and nations. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him, whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. All that dwell upon the earth shall worship him, They are the ones, every unsaved person in the world, receive the mark of the beast, which indicates they're part of mankind within the kingdom of Satan. And they ultimately did homage and worship to him uh, during his period of rule during the Great Tribulation. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies.